I every day wake up and I'm like, I am living my dream. I wanted to have four kids. I wanted to have my own company. I am truly living my dream. And so when you are grateful for things and you look for blessings, you will find what you're seeking. That's Tara Williams, the founder of Dreamland Baby, known for its weighted sleep sacks for babies. And this is Make Yourself at Home, the podcast that takes you into the homes of people you admire to show you a side you don't usually get to see. I'm Kristen Twyford, and every week we'll talk to someone at the top of their career to explore holistic success and how work and home are inextricably intertwined. Along the way, we hope to inspire you to live well, whatever that means to you. Make Yourself at Home is presented by Nines, the household management app designed to help you manage your home and everything that comes with it so you can live with ease. Today, we're in Tara Williams' home in Danville, California. Tara was working in the medical device industry when she and her husband were both laid off at the same time, just as they had their fourth child. To add insult to injury, baby number four wouldn't sleep until Tara had the idea for a weighted sleep sack. That idea helped everyone finally get some sleep, but Tara wouldn't rest until thousands of families like hers could access her invention. Two years of sacrifice and one episode of Shark Tank later, Dreamland Baby took off in 2020. And this year, the company is on track to do $22 million in revenue. In this conversation, Tara shares why she pursued her dream at the worst possible time, how it takes a village to achieve your goals, and why she's hardwired to focus on the positive. Make yourself at home with Tara Williams. Tara, thank you so much for having us into your home. We're excited to have you here on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me today. Yeah. So set the stage for us a little bit. Tell me about where you live and why you love it. Yeah. Um, well, for anyone who's watching, I am hiding in my bedroom because <laughs> I have two kids that two of my four are homesick today. Oh. They're sick, but they're still making noise. Um, but <laughs> I live in Danville, California. It's outside of San Francisco with my husband, and we have four children. Four. Their ages are four, seven, nine, and ten. And tell me a little bit about what home means to you. Home for me is it's it's everything. Um, growing up, I'm the oldest of five. And so I just, I've always had, I mean, I have an amazing family. Um, that's my family of origin. And I just, we always hung out. Like I'm best friends with my brothers and sisters and my mom. And we go on trips together. My mom and brother right now are in Germany. Um, so it's just, I've always been incredibly close with my family and, you know, my current family. I, I think I carried that over my husband's one of four, so he's has really a same kind of family of origin. And so home to me is family and it's love and it's just togetherness um, and just kind of big, big group of fun. Yeah. Did you always know that you wanted to have a big family like your own family? I, I, you know, I kind of went in different waves. Growing up, I was definitely more having my Barbies set up stores and sell things. Um, My sister was more the one that always, we were like, you're going to be a stay-at-home mom. You're my, you know, just, you always wanted this big family. So not necessarily, but after I met my husband, um, 
and he actually had been married before, and so he has three other children. So we have seven total, but I told him very clearly when we were dating, I want four children. That would make seven. Are you okay with that? And he said, you know, if if it feels right, yes. So yeah, by the time I would say I became an adult, I had a very clear picture of I wanted to basically replicate the life that I had growing up. Wow, that's amazing. And then you also have your fifth baby, which is your business, and most people yeah. know you through that. You're the founder of Dreamland Baby. You're the creator of the yeah. weighted sleep sack for babies. I think people love their own weighted blankets, but to create that for babies is a very cool invention. And you're a Shark Tank success story. What's something that people maybe don't know about you? Ooh, okay. So whenever I get this question, it always shocks people. Yeah. So I was the captain of my ice hockey team in high school. Being in California, I grew up in mm-hmm. Boston. People are always just shocked that I played ice hockey. So that, that was <laughs> one of those things, I, you know, it was like, get to know me. And it was one of the things I told my husband. He's like, wow, okay. Never yeah. met any girl that played ice hockey. Um, but it's pretty popular in, in Boston. I so desperately want my boys to play, but we would have to drive over an hour and a half to get them on a team here. It's just not a, it's not a sport people play. So funny. So talk to me a little bit about how your home life and your business life with Dreamland Baby are intertwined. I think that's something that we love to explore here on Make Yourself at Home. And um, I want to kind of start at the very beginning of Dreamland Baby and talk about, at this point, you guys are in this incredible position. You're on track to do $22 million in revenue this year, but that's not where you started. And so I want to get all the way back to the beginning and talk about the idea for it and then also where you were in your life at that time because you were in a very different place in your life then. Yeah. Well, you know, I think the first thing is we are definitely a small business in the realm of businesses, but we're we're a big small business. And so I think people, when they see our company, they think we're a huge corporation and, you know, we have hundreds of employees and we have multiple headquarters. And that's just not the case. We are a very small lean team and we all actually work from home. We do not have a corporate office at all. And it was, I guess... COVID was lucky for me. Um, My background is in medical device sales and market development, and I have always worked independently. I have never worked inside an office. So when I started this, the very end of 2019, I thought, obviously, I will need to have an office um, because it's we're going to have a company. We're going to have people and a marketing team and everything else. And the idea of that was dreadful to me. I just never had that commute. I never wanted that. Like, I'm definitely more, I mean, I'm an extreme extrovert, but I like getting my work done and then spending time with my family and my friends. I'm not wanting to like hang around the office and talk around the cooler. I'm like, let's go, let's get it done and then go do other things that we love. Not that I don't love my team because we do have an amazing team and we have fun more together, but it just wasn't what I had wanted. So then 2020 came and obviously COVID. And then I thought, okay, well, this is going to end. And we all thought a couple months obviously it didn't. It just went on and on. And so during that time, I did have to hire people and nobody there, like we obviously would not get an office in the midst of COVID when people were going home to work. And so then it just became the norm of our company for two years. And as companies started returning to work, we never had a workplace to return to. And we made the decision as a unit that everybody really liked working from home and it works really well for us and nobody has a commute. And so 
I think that's the first thing that's just very interesting about the right. company, the brand, and myself. Like, I work from home. This is my address. Like, this is our headquarters. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so it's that's an, I think people are shocked when they hear that. Um, yeah. But going back to where it all started. So I have a very specific date, which always makes people laugh. So it is March 28th, 2018. It was the day before my son was born. We had a scheduled induction on the 29th, and my husband got laid off from the job that he had since an intern in college. He had been with the company for 14 years. And so, of course, we're like, oh my gosh, that's okay. Are we still going to have health insurance? Like, what? We're delivering this baby tomorrow. Like, this timing could not be worse. We had just moved. We had just bought our dream home that was definitely at the top of our budget and knowing that we have two incomes. And so, it was very, it was like, oh my gosh. So I had Luke and I have four children. Luke is my baby. And the other three slept reasonably well. And Luke did not. He was crying around the clock, not sleeping, not napping during the day. I mean, in the first you know month of a newborn, two weeks to a month, you expect like, we're going to get no sleep. But then the next month, no sleep, the next month. And so the second month into my maternity leave, the startup I was with, and I had an inclination, like in January, they said, hey guys, like it's not looking good. Start kind of interviewing and putting out feelers. If we don't get our second round of funding, like we'll have to shut the doors. And so it was two months into my maternity leave. They did not get the second round of funding. So they did shut down. And for me, I thought, okay, you know, at this time I'm eight months pregnant. Who am I even going to interview with? Like I I loved the company. I just hoped it was going to work out. And then I was like, I'm going to go on maternity leave and I'll figure it out. And so, you know, it didn't work out. So then I was inadvertently laid off. So all of a sudden, my husband and I went from two really strong incomes to no income. We have four kids, five and under, Mm -hmm. and, you know, this baby that is just relentlessly crying. So it was, it was really chaos. Um, And no one's sleeping. And no one's, like, literally nobody was sleeping. So, we knew my husband, like the role he has is kind of specific. So we knew he wouldn't probably get another position for like a year, year and a half because we knew we didn't want to move. And his role is in person. So it's like he would have had to find a local role. And so he was really pressuring me, you know, hey, take one more month of your maternity leave, like get, and then when you are ready, like start interviewing. And so during that time when I was on maternity leave is actually when I came up with the idea for Dreamland Baby. So I did not want, I would have never quit my job just when I had the idea, but I didn't feel right interviewing for another company just like morally and saying, oh, I'm going to be your star employee. Like I'm going to be here for, I want to build my career with you knowing that I had something on my own that I was pursuing that I really felt was going to be a game changer for parents. Um, so it was, it was definitely a really contentious time because like we had no money. We had a baby who was crying. We, like my husband was telling me, you need to get a job. Like we were paying for Cobra that I think, can't even remember now, I think it was like $8,000 a month because we have seven kids. Like it was something crazy high just to have health insurance. So, you know, it, he was just, we were both panicking. And I remember our motto was gas and groceries. Like I use my credit card for everything. I, I never carry cash. And so we would look at my credit card like every other week and he'd be like, oh, there's a Starbucks charge for $4. Like Tara, you can't be doing that. I mean, we pulled our kids out of sports, like we did not go on a vacation. I mean, there anything that you would consider extra in life, truly beyond gas and groceries, like we did not do. And that was for two years. So 
I feel like I really did make personally a huge sacrifice to bring this company to life, but also my family, because it would have been really easy for me to go get another job, to have health insurance, to have money, you know, and like we could have just lived comfortably in the same way we did before. But I kept saying, like, trust me, this is going to be a game changer for families. I know it. You know, we, we, once we make it and get the word out, but there is a difference between if you build it, they will come and you know, putting a website on Shopify is not the same as truly marketing something. And it's really just, it's such an amazing product, but if nobody knows about it, then nobody can buy it, right? So going back to the the origin story of like exactly the aha moment, if you will, um, I was, it was one night on my couch. And for anyone who's seen our Shark Tank, they've heard this story. I feel like I tell it all the time. Um, but we were, my husband and I were sitting on the couch. Our older three were in bed. We had ba- our baby Luke with us and we put a really heavy throw blanket on top of him. And immediately he just had this look of calm. He stopped crying and it was a look on his face that I had never seen. And that was my light bulb moment where I said, he needs a way to blanket. And I literally raced to the computer. I got onto Google I actually got into Amazon first and then I typed in weighted wearable blanket or weighted sleep sack. Nothing came up. Then I went to Google and I put weighted sleep sack and some like Etsy options came up, some loose blankets came up, but nothing like what I was imagining, which was literally a sleep sack with a weighted blanket sewn on top for an even even distribution of weight that would function like an adult weighted blanket, like that throw blanket that I laid on his body that calmed him down. And so... I was not deterred. I called my mother-in-law because I'm like, it, it was so clear to me that this was exactly what he needed. She's a master seamstress. She lives um, in our town right by us. And I said, can you can you sew this? Can you create this? And this is where I tapped into my medical device background. So I'm like, I need to find a clinical trial. Like, where's the study? We need to talk to physicians and pulmonologists and like certified sleep consultants and NICU nurses. And so I dove into all this research. This is like literally the night I thought of it. Oh my and gosh. She said, she said, sure, I need you need to send me like a, a pattern to to sew it. And so, you know, I did all this work. I sent it over to her. It took her about two weeks. And then when we got the product back, the first, the very first night, he slept for 12 hours. So this is a child who for six months had never slept more at night for a one and a half hour stretch. 12 like it was unbelievable. We could not believe it. We thought it was a fluke for sure. And then the next day, he took a three-hour nap. And then the next night, he slept for 12 hours again. And by night two, my husband was like, you have created gold. Like, this is <laughs> the most unbelievable thing ever. He's like, but you still need to go get a job. Right. He was <laughs> so, so hesitant, that, right? Yeah. You know, I think if I had created it while we were both still working, he would be like, go, babe. Like, do your thing. That's amazing. Like, do it yeah. on the side. But I wanted to pursue it. And pursue it full-time. And when I say full-time, I was also care primary caregiver for my four children full-time. Yeah. Yeah. And my husband was spending a lot of time interviewing. So he was driving places. He was flying places. Like he was going on a lot of interviews. So it was almost like his job was to do interviews. And then I was full-time with the kids. So I was working at five in the morning until eight o'clock when I got them off to school. And then I would work, you know, while they were at school. And then my husband would 
conclude his interviews or whatever he was doing around five and relieve me and then I'd work until 10 o'clock. And so it was definitely a huge grind for two years. I had no help with the kids at all. Um, we don't, you know, my husband's um, parents live close, but they're a little bit older. They're, they're just not in a position to be able to watch the kids in a full-time capacity. So we don't really have any other family here who would be able to jump in. Like all my family's in Boston. So it was, it was just me watching the kids and trying to get this business started. Um, so it was, it was a grind for sure. And amazing that you had the commitment to fight through all of that to try to make this happen. And then you have this big, crazy goal, which is to get on Shark Tank. And you were relentless yeah. in trying to get on Shark Tank. And you made it, like, to actually yeah. get on the show, but then to, you know, get an offer from Lori, who was your goal person. And, you know, you have this huge moment. And you all yeah. the work that you did paid off. I think for people watching that clip, seeing you get that deal was like, oh my God, she made it. She got her dream and now everything is going to be butterflies and roses. But it had to keep being hard and it had to keep being a struggle for a while after that. So tell me about the aftermath of that Shark Tank moment. How did it help launch you all? But then how are you still fighting to make this happen? Yeah. Well, you know, if there was ever a I made it moment, it definitely was watching myself on when once it aired. And then at the same time, I had my computer open and we had I had the Shopify website up and it was just the sales like it was there's a there's a sound on Shopify that when you get a sale, it goes ching. And so it was like ching like it was just constant. And I remember I, it was May 15th, 2020, and I was sitting on my floor and I had, and so it aired on the East Coast first. We had like an airing party. It was still the height of COVID. So I remember it was the first time we had like seen anybody. And my friend said, we have to come over. We will socially distance. Like this is your moment. This is so huge. And so we were like awkwardly socially distancing in my house and I watched it with everybody. And um, cause I didn't know how they were gonna cut it. You don't see it ahead of time. And I was in the tank for an hour and a half. How are, what are they gonna choose for that 10 minutes? And the computer was open and I remember just tears were like streaming down my face because it had been two full years. I had not taken a salary. I had been burning the candle at like every single end to be able to try to get this over the line and to see all the sales come through in such a high capacity. And like, it was just, it wasn't like, I'm, I made it like I freaking made it like in that moment it was just it was amazing um but yes then there's more work that comes after that of course so we actually filmed in September of 2019 and then it aired in May of 2020 so there was definitely a long was that eight months it was a long time between when we filmed it and when I filmed it that also was a moment that felt like we made it because I filmed and I knew I made a deal with Lori and it was like, oh my gosh. And we were in LA and I remember getting on the plane. My husband came with me. He was an actor. He has no involvement in the business. So he did like the, the first 90 seconds is kind of a skit. Everybody memorizes it. It's an acting part. And then you go into the real discussion. So he came in for the actor part and then he left off the stage. Um, and so him and I went home together and I just remember it was such a whirlwind. We got on the plane and I looked at him and I said, did that actually just happen? And he was like, yeah, I think it did. Like it, it felt like a dream. Like when we were flying home, because it was like, 
we flew in as normal people and then we were movie stars, really, like hair and makeup. <laughs> we were in a trailer. We were on the ABC, like like the studio lot. You know, yeah. it was like a whole thing. We were with like Kevin O'Leary and Mark Cuban, and, you know, like the producers. And then all of a sudden we got on a plane and we were flying home to our four kids again. So yes. it felt it was a dream. It felt like a dream, but that was definitely like a milestone for me where I felt like, okay, we made it. But then there was no change in sales, obviously, because I knew we filmed, but nobody else did. So then we, and that was when we filmed was we had only launched three weeks earlier. So really it coincided with like the very beginning of the, of the company. So I had done a Kickstarter in May of 2019 and there's so many moments that I'm like, oh my gosh. And you know, I think for me, one thing that, um, I will say I think is a um, a positive thing about myself or you know so, something that I like about myself, if you will, is that I really take time to celebrate the victories. And it's something that I do with my team. And so it's always like I, when I look back, I'm like, oh my gosh, like the day that, you know, we had our Kickstarter and the day that I got called to Shark Tank and the day I filmed Shark, like there's so many of these like small milestones that I look back and I'm like, there's such huge celebration moments. And at the time we did pause and celebrate because I think, you know, it's, you chase these things. Like I remember I thought, oh, if we could ever get to a million, well, first I thought if I could ever do more than 10 sales in one day, if I could make a thousand dollars a day. And then it was like, if we could do a million dollars in a year, like, and then it was a million dollars in a month. And now we're like 3 million in a month. Right. So it's like these different kind of things where, and when you get to them, like you have to pause and stop and celebrate and like kind of have these things. Cause if not, you're just always like, I need a higher revenue number. I need more sales. I need more locations. I need more SKUs. Like it, it just becomes like, what are you doing it for? So I love to celebrate everything. I'm a huge party planner. Like I, I just love the celebrations in life. So, um, you know, that, that's just one thing that the, so many times we've like had these huge celebration moments. Right. And I'm sure with your family to have those moments when it was really Everybody was all in. You were making these sacrifices as a family yeah. for the business. And when did you feel like you all were out of the woods and you were ready to, you know, start taking a salary and you felt like your family could take a breather? It really was after Shark Tank because I believe that night 7 million people watched it and so many people had bought it. And then it was just, it really was a snowball effect after that because now, you know, all of a sudden it's in the hands of, of another, you know, th- 10, 20, 30,000 people who then tell other people who then come back and buy a second one. And so that really opened the floodgates for us. We got a call from Nordstrom. They wanted us to be in store. That opened the floodgates for all of our wholesale. And so it was at that time that um, I said to my husband, like, I'm ready to hire a full-time um, childcare for our kids, for a nanny, who, which we have always had a nanny or an au pair who has lived in our home since we were married. So that was a constant. And it was um, when I when we both were laid off, we, of course, had to let our nanny go as well because there was no money. Um, and so for that time, it, it was really, you know, there's, I, I always look for the blessing and everything. And it was really an amazing time that I got to spend with my kids that I would have otherwise like been working. But I, at my heart, like I love to work. I think I'm best when I'm a working mom. Um, so... I said, okay, I want to hire somebody full-time, which would require me to take a salary. So I started taking like a very low salary. It was not even, it was nothing compared to what I was making in my previous roles. Um, March of that year of 2020, my husband 
did go back to work. So he was off for about a full full year. Um, so that then that kind of alleviated things. And really a huge catalyst was getting somebody to watch my children full time. So then I could focus on the company full time. And after Shark Tank, I started making some key hires. So that was, if I were to draw a line in the sand of when I felt like truly we made it, like from that moment of me, like crying tears of joy on the floor, um, to these hires and, you know, even hiring somebody internally to help me run my own life. So I could work and focus on the business. That was when things I would say like really started to take off. And when our, you know, revenues started just going straight up. Amazing. And so how has, you mentioned that hiring a nanny has really kind of freed you to make time for both, you know, being with your family, which is a huge priority in your life and have enough time to run your business. How do you think that has a ripple effect across both the business itself and your family? How does that benefit everybody involved? Yeah. So, you know, I think for our family, um, like I said, we've all, my daughter is 10 and we had, when we, when we were first married, we had somebody, um, we had my daughter right away. And so, and my, my first three kids are like back to back. They're all like within a year apart. And then, um, we waited, there's three years between my third and fourth because my husband said he was done having kids. He had, you know, we both played, um, sports in college. So he really wanted to have a boy with me. And so he's like, okay, we have our boy now and I'm done. And so I kept saying like, we need one more baby. But anyways, that's a side tangent. So there's, there's three years between my last two, but I've always been in a market development role. And so I, that included travel. So I was traveling quite a bit. And then my husband is in wealth management. And a lot of it was going out with clients for dinners. And so in the evenings, it was like, we would need somebody who literally lived at our house. So if I was out of town and he had a dinner, like he wasn't trying to scramble, trying to find childcare for the kids. And so we have always had someone who's lived in our house. So for my kids, I I know probably other people, maybe it's unusual, um, but for my kids, they've always known that there is another, there's me obviously, and then there's somebody who watches them and like full time, I would say. And so for us, it's been... I think really amazing. I am just not built to be a stay-at-home mom, which I think a lot of people think, well, why do you have four kids then? There is a difference between loving having a big family and then also just the, you know, being with the kids all the time. Like for me, I just love, I love working. Like that's what I'm good at. That's where I thrive. And then what has always been unique is I remember um, I would say that a lot of a lot of my friends are stay-at-home moms, especially um, we are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and so most of the women stay home. And so, you know, it's a lot of my friends. And I remember they said to me, we were talking about Mother's Day, and a bunch of the women were like, oh, I just want to stay away from my kids. Like, you know, like all I want for Mother's Day is just like nobody talked to me. And I don't feel like that about my kids ever. Like I've never felt that. I mean, I've had moments of course, but I remember thinking, oh my gosh, like they are monsters. I can't even believe they have. And this is like our kids were a lot younger and sweeter and cuter. Now my girls are kind of tweens. So I definitely have those moments where I'm like, ah, like (laughs) don't roll your eyes at me. But um, at the time I remember thinking, like I was like shocked because I had never at that time felt like that about my kids. And I couldn't believe that anybody could look at these sweet, beautiful, innocent babies and think they want a day away. But if you are with your children 24 seven, you're going to need a break. And so what I think has been really unique about my 
mothering journey or my, you know, with my husband, our parenting journey is that we have a stay-at-home mom basically who lives in our house, who cleans our house, who cooks our house, who watches our kids. And then when we get home from work, we get all the best parts. They're bathed. They're rooms are clean. They have had dinner like, and we get to do the fun stuff with them. So we get to, you know, play games before bed or watch movies or just hang out and talk. Like, so it's always like just an amazing experience. And then we don't have any help on the weekends. So I do not work on the weekend. I used to, but I, that is my, like, that is my sacred time with my family. So I am 24 seven with my kids on the weekends. I love it. We have like nonstop activities. We're going to sports. We're doing family things. So I, I just look at it like I'm almost like a dad where, you know, from five o'clock on is my time with the kids. And then all weekend we have them. And so for us, it's worked amazing. It's for my personality. And I think my husband's too, like it's, it's just been really, really awesome where we have a third person. You know, when you are a working mom and I have a lot of friends who bring their kids to daycare and it's like, they are, when they're, when their kids are home and they're home from work, they're doing the laundry. They're trying to clean the rooms. They're, you know, like running around, signing kids up for sports. Like they're doing all these things that a stay at home mom also does. And they're just burnt out where I'm like, I get to focus on my job. I have a full-time person who focuses on her job, which is literally doing things like signing kids up for sports and going grocery shopping. And so like, we both get to thrive in our areas and, you know, I think having someone live in your house, a lot of people think that's really weird, but for us, it's always, it just is another member of the family, right? And so it's like, I have four kids, I have my husband, we have an au pair, like my family members come visit me all the time. Like it's always a party at my house. So for me, it's just, it's fun. I love it. I will say every family is different and for us, it works. Yes. Amazing. And I think it's really nice that you're, you know, very open about what works for you guys, because I think lots of new moms are under a lot of pressure to do it all and you know be perfect at everything and I'm sure people look at you and say wow she has four kids she has her own business she was on Shark Tank and they're like how does she do it all you know and I think there's a lot of people who put pressure on themselves to really balance everything and for you it takes a village and it takes you know a team to raise a family and run a business and everybody has to be all in and working together yeah and you know i think it just depends on what your goals are so if i had wanted to continue to keep dreamland baby where you know it's small and it's fun and we have and it's just me and i'm watching my kids and i'm a mom first and then i'm you know i remember i met a woman early on and she's she had a, a at the time like a decent social following and she was like oh you know my husband said that we could like join forces and i had just barely started and I said, well, what is your, you know, workday look like and things like this? And she said, you know, well, I'm with the kids all day. And she's like, and then at night I'm on, um, there's like a website where you can order things from China. She made these bead, bead necklace things. And she's like, oh, and I just like, I get on at like two in the morning and I'm like talking to my manufacturer and we're just like texting and I order more beads. And I remember thinking, that's not what I want. Like I want to create a company that is going to have a reach to help hundreds of thousands of people and I just felt we had such a unique product that it was it was just a game changer like the sleep sack and swaddle market has been around for 30 plus years with basically zero innovation and sleep sacks offer a wonderful solution it helps your baby sleep safely without a loose blanket in a crib and keep them warm but it doesn't actually facilitate in helping baby sleep so we had a product that actually keeps baby safe 
without a loose blanket, keeps them independent in their crib, keeps them warm, and helps them feel calm, fall asleep faster, stay asleep longer. So I felt like we, we were like the iPhone. I guess that's such a dramatic correlation. <laughs> I don't know what we correlate ourselves to, but it was really, it was just a stagnant industry, a stagnant category, and we came and just blew it up. I said, I want to have a full team. I see this being, I almost viewed it as, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur, like not my once in a lifetime shot, but we have a utility patent on this product. So it's protected. It's unique. It's an invention. Like Everybody has, Sarah Blakely always says, everybody has a million dollar invention, but how many million dollar inventions do you have in your life? So I just felt like I have to grab this one, even though this is such a horrible time. Me and my husband are both laid off. We have these four really young kids. Like anybody would look at me and say, there could not be a worse time to start a business. But I looked at it and I said, this is my time. This is the only time. Weighted blankets were becoming super popular. And I was like, if somebody else, if I don't do this right now, guarantee somebody else comes out with this because it was so obvious with how well weighted blankets started helping adults and kids and became mainstream back in 2018. And so I just said, there, there is no time to wait. Like it has to be now. And so I think pursuing it, um, like in the way I did, even though it was such a bad timing, like I would say to anybody, like I, I, I remember I had my first daughter when I was 25. So I was fairly young. And a lot of people were like, Oh, I don't know if I'm ready. How'd you know? Like you were never ready to have a baby. There's never a good time to have a baby. Like it, you're, if you wait for all the elements in life to line up, you'll never do anything. And so I would just say, you know, to the mom who's home, that's thinking, I want to, have a huge company, like just do it. Like start how I did and start it slow and build it up. But also be realistic. Like, is that what you want? Because if if I had just wanted to like keep this small, I would not have hired, you know, have had full-time help and I would not have started hiring a team. And I mean, one of the things I love the most about the business is actually managing and mentoring the people on my team. And everyone like that comes in, I'm like, I want you to leave the best version of yourself. I want you to come here <clears throat> and leave and know that you've grown in professionally, personally, like in all the ways. And that's what like fires me up. I actually, when I was in high school, I remember I wanted to be a life coach, which was like so long ago and it was not even a thing. I know. And so <laughs> I've always loved just like, in car- like it was like played sports my whole life. I was captain of all my yeah. teams. Like I'm, I'm like the hype squad for my friends. So I just like, I love that part of it. Um, so that is like what I wanted to do, but with that, like you cannot have what I have built by staying home and working a few hours here and there. Like it's just, I know we're in a time where it's like, you can have it all. You can, but not all at the same time. So if you want to stay home with your kids full time, like you cannot have a eight figure business. Like it's just not going to happen, you know? And, and if you want to have an eight figure business, like you do not have four hours a week to deep clean your house. You have to hire somebody to do that. So it's just, it's like, what do you want? And then how setting up your life to get where you want to be. My message to everyone is you are not failing. You need to hire more people if you want to do more things, but you can't hire people until you've got, it's it's like chicken before the egg, right? Like I couldn't get to the level that I wanted to get to because I was with my kids all the time. So I had this moment of Shark Tank, which was incredibly lucky. Not that I believe luck is when preparation meets opportunity. So not that I wasn't prepared to, to do it, but it was, it was incredibly lucky that I got on. And that 
catapulted us because it gave us cash that we would have taken years to build up our bank account in one day. And then all of a sudden, I had the opportunity to be able to you know, take a, start taking a little money for myself, which truly most of it went to just paying somebody to watch my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, you know, it's kind of grown. And now you have this life that you envisioned. You know, you have four kids, you became an entrepreneur, you built your business to a place that it sounds like you might not have even imagined when you were starting out. And so moving forward, what does a successful life look like to you holistically? Yeah, I think um, to me, a success is a life of gratitude, which I know sounds so corny and cheesy, but I'm the oldest of five. And my parents always say, Tara, like you just make things happen. Like you, as from a kid, you have just willed it into the world. You have willed it into the universe. I believe that the world is working for me and that everything will work out and it happens how it should. And I look at everything in my life as a huge blessing. Like even when something really bad happens, I'm like, what is the good that we can pull out of this? What life lesson can we learn from this? Like how can I grow? Like I have an extreme growth mindset, I would say. So at this point, I truly every day wake up and I'm like, I could not have envisioned this life. I am so incredibly blessed. I feel so lucky, but it's not to say that it's not hard every day. Like managing people is hard. Having a company is hard. You know, we had this amazing collection that we wanted to launch for holiday and it has been, it's basically lost on a container somewhere. And like our team is so disappointed. Like there are disappointments every single day, but it's like, and I told them the other day, I said, you guys, at this time last year, we had no inventory. Like we were air shipping things in, weighted products. We had no inventory. We were sold out of everything. I said, you have every single color of our top colors. You have every single top skew. Like the fact that we didn't get this holiday collection, who cares? We are going to crush it on Black Friday. Like we are in a spot that is a million times better than we were last year. Like that's what we need to focus on. And so it's always just, I think, like if if you can, and I have a gratitude journal and I'm just very into being grateful. And so- I'm at a point now, having done this business for you know commercially three years and, and thought of the product for four, which in in time doesn't sound like that long, but I, f- I feel like I've been doing this my entire life. Like it's been a lifetime. I can't even almost remember my life prior to Dreamline Baby. Um, but I'm at a point now where I was able to volunteer for my daughter's field trip. We went to a mission in San Jose and it was an all day. And like the me last year would have never even considered taking a full work day off to go on a field trip with my daughter. But I just said, you know what? Like this is important to her and it's something she wants me to do. And now of course, all of my kids want me to go on their field trip. So I'm like, I'm like, ah, that was not a good idea. And come to the class parties and like the floodgates have opened. But to me, you know, I, I always would think about what does success mean? And one of my um, very dear close friends stays home with her children and success to her was having the opportunity to stay home with her kids. And she is like living her best, most successful life. And I love talking to her because she like just cannot even fathom that what I do energizes me. And she's like, I'm so worried for you. And I'm like, Nicole, you know. And she's like, I know, I get it. I can never handle that. Like, it's just not what is success to her. But success to me really truly is having it all. Like, 
I have four kids. I have an amazing husband. I love our home. I love our friends here. I love the company I have. I love our mission. I love that we get to help other parents. But in all those things I just told you I love, I could highlight the same number of things and say, this isn't going well for me. This is broken. Um, I wish you know my kids played a different sport. I wish, right? And so I choose to focus on um, the positive and what's going well. And so I believe that every single person can live and have their dream life if they choose to focus on what they have. And so I every day wake up and I'm like, I am living my dream. I wanted to have four kids. I wanted to have my own company. I am truly living my dream. And so I, when you, when you are grateful for things and you look for blessings, you will find what you're seeking. And so if you are seeking blessings and you are seeking gratitude, things in your life will come that you're grateful for. So I, I, sorry, that's kind of long and rambling, but I would say that that is my, I'm, I'm, I'm a living dream that you can, whatever you're having in your life can be your dream. Yes. I love it. And what a lovely outlook on living well. So thank you so much. This has been an amazing conversation. I want to get into our lightning round of fun questions. Okay. And now that you've mentioned the gratitude journal, I have to jump straight to that. Yeah. How long have you been doing the gratitude journal? And what's one thing that you've learned from doing that? Yeah. So I have been doing a gratitude journal in some way or another, like since high school. I, I really feel like I was this visionary in the idea of being a life coach because I just always was into like working out and being healthy and I played sports and I wanted to play sports in college. And so I always was striving to be my best self. And now there's tons of podcasts and there's books and there's like, you know, but it was very Tony Robbins-esque before it was even popular. And so in some way or another, in a journal, in if it was formal or not, I was always doing a gratitude practice. I just didn't have a formal name for it. So now I have, you know, like a true journal and I've had a paper journal and I actually just bought one recently. That's like, makes it a little bit easier. It has like spots on it and the date and it's, it's cool to like read it back. But what I have learned is kind of what I shared. If you are, you know, if you are seeking things to be grateful for things that you will be grateful for will come into your life. Amazing. Great answer. I have a one line a day journal, so I totally relate. And I I think those journals are just an amazing practice, you know, just to think back and be grateful for things that have happened or have passed you by. And so many good things come out of that. What's one thing that you do to unplug? Okay, if I'm like really unplugging, I love Real Housewives. I do not watch TV in any capacity. I totally think TV is like a waste of time. But if my, you know, if I'm just having like a terrible day or something, I will put on a 45 minute um, Real Housewife, which this probably happens like once a month. Um, So it's not (laughs) that I do it often, but that is like my totally, you know, cringy thing that I do. Who's your favorite housewife? Totally. Oh man. Um, Gosh, who's my favorite? I don't know. I've been watching Salt Lake recently. I, you know what? I think it's um, – I like the Beverly Hills group, so I would say Kyle Richards actually because I, I, she's she's a pretty positive person, so I like her. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Are you a night owl or an early bird? You know, in I, I am a night owl. However, I have trained myself to become an early bird. So I wake up mm-hmm. every day at 6.30 um, and I have calls starting at 7 every single day. I would love to – wake up at five and work out before my call and like get that done. But I mm-hmm. just, I can't get to it. <laughs> Maybe yeah. someday. It's hard to change that habit. 
Are you a homebody? Mm-hmm. Um, no, I love going out. I'm I'm very much an extrovert, and being around people um, really mm-hmm. energizes me. So any opportunity we have to go anywhere, do anything, like I am, I'm the friend that's always down to do stuff. Amazing. What's one thing in your home that makes your life easier? Ooh. Okay. The first thing that came into my mind, and this sounds very bougie, it was my husband's <laughs> one request when we renovated our house. We have a Toto toilet. And when I walk into the bathroom, the toilet lid opens for me and the seat is heated. And it is just – if you can get these for not that much at Home Depot, the, the top part. And I would say – like I could, ne- I could never not have – the, the automatic toilet. And it flushes on its own too. So I don't have to even touch anything. <laughs> amazing. What a great answer. That was going to be my next it's question. Amazing. What's one decision you've made about your dream home? You said you have your dream dream home now. What's one decision you've made about your home that you love? I think in the way that I have hustled with my business, we have hustled with real estate. So we bought our first house in 2012 and we flipped it. I was pregnant with my daughter. She actually was like, we had her in the midst of flipping this house. We lived in it for four years. We sold it, like made money on it, then bought this house, which was a foreclosure. I mean, we're, we live in a neighborhood we could never have afforded at the time. And, um, but, but it was like, it had to, it was, it was not even livable. It was all water damage. People had kind of ruined it. And so we had to tear it down to the studs and rebuild it. And so my husband, one thing he wanted, there's a big backyard, which is really unusual. He wanted to put in a sport court. And I was like, a sport court? What do you mean? He played basketball in college. It was very important to him. And so we did everything. We, we budgeted it in because we got the house at such like a low cost. But when we started doing the house, we basically ran out of money for it. And so we have been saving for it for like five years and we just put it in last year. And it's, again, like sounds, I am not a bougie person. This sounds very <laughs> like, wow, you have a sport card in your house. It has been the most amazing thing. My son mm-hmm. is out there every day playing basketball. There's like a little pickleball. We have the most amazing family time. Like we, we are like, we can never move from this house because it is such a, it's so unique. It's so fun when people come over, like they just love it. Everybody plays on it. Like it's really, um, I mean, if you saw the rest of our house, you're like, that seems odd that you have that, but it's, uh, it's amazing. We love it. Like it's, it's it was money well spent, I would say. Mm-hmm. What's your household pet peeve? Um, I'm pretty laid back. I really don't have too many. My husband is my, my pet peeve is my husband because he <laughs> wants to live in a museum and have no dishes anywhere, have no, like n- nothing. Any- I'm like, we have four young kids. Like if there's a sweatshirt on the ground, all hell is going to break loose. So everything <laughs> has a home. Everything has a place. Everything mm-hmm. has a spot. And sometimes he cannot chill with, we have young kids, like they're going to make a mess. Um, so he's my pet peeve. <laughs> what is a children's toy that you hate? And what's one that you love? Okay, I hate anything that has really loud sounds. I feel like we have a bunch that are like guns that are like pew, pew, pew. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I love, I actually love Legos. While they do get everywhere and we step on them sometimes, um, <laughs> I think it's to see the things. My girls aren't into them that much. My boys are. To see the things they make creatively and they build. And I also love that when they get a new set, we can they'll do it with either me or my husband. Like it's, mm-hmm. I, I love Legos. I think they're really great creatively and just it's a fun thing to do together. Yeah, absolutely. What is a family tradition or a daily ritual that you treasure? 
I guess a tradition because we don't eat dinner together every single night. Every weekend we do, but and then like a few nights a week we will. A lot of times my husband's working later, um, mm-hmm. and I I used to work every night until seven, which I have in the last like six months scaled back. That I said I am now my team knows like I am done at five. Not to say I don't work sometimes later, but so I'm we're getting more family time. Um, in terms of eating dinner together. But what we'll always do at dinner is we'll go around and we'll say, what was the best part of your day? And then my kids like to also say the worst part of their day. Mm-hmm. So like a pit and a peak. Um, and so I love sharing that and just hearing, you know, it's so cute to hear what their answers are and like what they think is the best part of the day. And what inspires you to live better? Hmm. I think my kids, um, as a mom, you know, I I want to be living a life that they would admire and a life that they would want themselves. Um, and you know, and this is this is a big thing with me just trying to work a few less hours at work because I want them to see me being wholly present with them and to be a little bit less stressed out and to really just focus on them. Like I I would um I want my kids to say, when I grow up, I want to be like my mom or my dad. And so if I think about that, I'm like, I need to live in a way that people want to emulate um, inside my house, in my private moments, because my kids are always in my private moments. And so definitely my children. Amazing. Well, Tara, thank you so much. It's been so nice to talk to you. And thank you for having us into your home. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you to Tara Williams for welcoming us today. Follow along with Tara on Instagram at TaraWilliams2110 and at Dreamland Baby Co. I'm Kristen Twyford, and if you enjoyed our conversation, I hope you'll subscribe to Make Yourself at Home and leave us a review. Make Yourself at Home is presented by Nines, household management software that helps you manage your properties and everything that comes with them so you can make the most of your time at home. Learn more at ninesliving.com.